Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay. Oh, <clears throat> Psalm, Psalm 20, Psalm 27. This is out of the Living Bible. But anyway, it, th- these are not, these things are not fairy tales. We, we get beat up in our society about, well, you just, your culture just believes in Jesus who never existed. Yeah, he did too. You could go back and find out what a trail we have. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> not going to give, uh, as much history this morning, uh, starting with, but I do want to, uh, I do want to break this out for us just a moment here. Oh, your, your Bible's written out so wonderfully. That's the reason you're getting attacked, uh, uh, trying to say it's, it's fables, it's whatever. Anything gets you not to read it. I just, I've been reading, you know, the book of Numbers. Numbers, what? Clue. It's about numbers. It's details. Way too many details. When the children of Israel, we talk about, you know, they wandered in the wilderness and those little stories. They got the details. We first went left. We first went right. We went over here. They left an absolute breadcrumb trail where they were. All the details. Genesis, one of the best novels you will ever read in your life. And I tell you, uh, you want to keep up your, your reading of your Bible on your own. I mean, thank God you get what you can get at churches. But a lot of times, they will start out, they got singing going on, they got this going on, they got announcements to make, and then they'll go, we're going to use that as a text, and they'll just read that little piece. And then you got to listen to somebody talk for a while about whatever. And there's more to uh, this whole story than uh, just getting one little piece at a time. But anyway, David wrote this, I think the, the little header there, and if you had your, uh, your own Bible would probably say, yeah, it's right here. It mentions, uh, well, it doesn't right here, but it does in the, uh, if you switch this to the King James, most Bibles have a, a little note here. Look at it, it says David. Well, of course, we know David didn't exist. Yes, he did. He actually was a king. And it's referenced where this guy lived. Oh, uh, I mean, when he lived. But anyway, back to, um, back to this just a moment. The book of Genesis, even though, I mean, we use the word Genesis sometimes in our talking. We say, well, the Genesis of this is, that means beginning. Okay, the details are right there. Oh, then Exodus, it means they exited, they left somewhere. Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all historic books in total timeline order. Even going all the way to Joshua, Judges, Ruth. These are all wonderful stories picking up with what we have today, the nation of Israel. Where, I mean, where they're from. You can't. Go to Jerusalem today and go, well, y'all built these buildings that y'all never existed. Yes, they did too. They got the details. But anyway, uh, later on here, uh, when you get here to notice after you get to 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, then you have a book called Kings. Why'd they do that? They kept a record of their kings. David was actually not the first one. He was the second one. Saul was the first one. But these are the details and it's stories after stories. And guess what those stories are about? It's the reason they're so good. A lot of times, well, you know, I was at church camp and we read the story about this. And yeah, it did something for you, didn't it? That's because these are real people dealing with a real God and he will help you the same way. So we're going to start out with one here. Uh, and we're going to take, it's going to be David here. So let's go, because David told us something about him. Let's see what he says. Now remember, David was just not some nobody. He was king. And their kingdom, matter of fact, Solomon, his son after this, is going to rule the whole world. His kingdom's going to be huge. Absolutely. David comes along here. I'm in the King James. Let's go back to the Living Bible here. And, uh, oh, and I got to go to, uh, we're going to the book of Psalms here. One second. Let's get over to it. 
Psalms, I mean, quit thinking this is guitar picking stuff. There's no music in this. There's not one ounce of music. It didn't say, sing this fast, sing it slow. These are prayers is what they are. The 23rd Psalm, think about that. The Lord's my shepherd, I have everything I need. Or the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want, the King James Version says. We're going right to 27. Notice this. Let's see if we can find something for us today. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of course, almost that right there puts you to sleep. Because, yeah, the Lord is my light my salvation. Yeah, but what in the world does that mean? Let's keep reading. He protects me from danger. Now, that got my attention right there. Unless he's lying. We all got cars. We're all going to do probably over 60 miles an hour sometime today, <laughs> you know, or whatever. We're dealing with other drivers. And, well, yeah, but Richard, when your number comes up, your number comes up. So I just don't worry. <laughs> you don't find your number comes up in the scriptures. That's not true. It's not true. That's just living by chance. You don't need to do that. Look at this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Salvation means protection. It's help. It's not just going to heaven. Do you notice he didn't say, he's taking me to heaven. Aren't you glad? Let's waste all Sunday talking about something we already know. No, we're not going to do that. Notice this. He says, whom shall I fear? Or you could even replace that with what? You may have bills that are due, troubles like this, troubles like that, whatever. Notice it says, name it. Why? David, why are you saying it? He protects me. He says, when evil men come to destroy me, they'll stumble and fall. Yes, though a mighty army. Are, are you reading this? Look at this. I mean, I'll tell you what, this terrifies me. But wait a minute, he's talking about the Lord. When a mighty army marches against me, my heart shall know no fear. I am confident the Lord will save me. Yeah, right. All right. Well, wait, it is right if you're looking at the Lord. But if you're looking at your own past and what other people happens to them and stuff, then you won't even know the Lord does this. But remember, this was a king here, and he wrote this psalm, and he was a very good harp player. He was, but he's king. And he, he mandated this order to be sung over at the tabernacle where they had choirs. And it was coming out over there. You, you had to sing this. I mean, it was like, you're, we're going to play my music. You know. <clears throat> Kings after that got rid of that, and they said, no, we're going to sing about throwing our kids to the fire. We're going to start worshiping this rock and worshiping this and all this stuff. And then their place would just go downhill. So he protects me. And though a mighty army's coming, what does he say? I'm not going to know no fear. And then he says, one thing I want from the Lord, the thing I seek most of all, is the privilege of meditating in his temple. Now, what you, some, oh, I don't want to go. He's not talking about thinking, well, I'm the most holiest guy in the world. All I think about is church. No, it's this right here. Revelation 3.20, Jesus comes. He says, if any man will open the door, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Tabernacle just means his house, okay? And we're going to look at this in just a moment. Something about, but notice this. is meditating in his temple, living in his presence every day of my life, delighting in his incomparable, where's my mouse? His incomparable, uh, I think it's pleasures. Oh, perfect, no, perfections and glory. Notice this. There I'll be when trouble comes. Yeah, I know. It's just that preacher stuff. Preachers get away with everything because, you know, they're God's pet, whatever. No, that's not what he's talking about. This is for everybody. David wrote another psalm and he says, where can I go from your presence? The Lord is there. Daniel in the lion's den. Man, you're toast. No, he wasn't. The Lord sent his angels. Shut those mouths of those lions up. You're going to find yourself in all kinds of dangerous situations, but when you realize, praise the Lord, 
I'm going to be fine. There I'll be when trouble comes. He will hide me. He will set me high on a rock out of reach of all of my enemies. Then I'll bring him sacrifices and sing his praises with much joy. I mean, I don't see any somber stuff in here. David is only talking about the Lord doing stuff for him, getting him out of trouble. Hello, that's okay. Kids brag about my dad's bigger than your dad. That's all we're talking about. But see, a lot of people miss this. They, they think, oh God, they, they have the idea God won't do anything for them, won't help them. Now he says, listen to my pleading, Lord, be merciful, and send the help I need. Oh, he must be having a little trouble now. Yeah, he was. He says, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. Well, I ain't going in there. You know, that's a lot of people, they just, they, I'm, not, I'm not praying. I'll just do the best I can down here. That's not what the Lord wants. He wants you to come. He'll help you. My heart's heard you say, come and talk with me, oh, my people. And my heart responds, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm going. Oh, don't hide yourself when I'm trying to find you. Don't angrily reject your servant. You have been my help in all my trials before. Look at this. Don't leave me now. No, this is serious. And yeah, everything we're faced with right now is serious. <laughs> the new stuff that's bugging us now, whatever, it, it's taking over our attention. But you go back to this and go, praise the Lord. God's going to take care of me. Help me, Lord. Don't forsake me, O God of my salvation. Remember, salvation means help now. It's not help one day when you get to heaven. It'll all be over with at that point. Now notice verse 10. See if this doesn't uh, ring financial stuff. It does. And it's temporary troubles we're facing. If my father and mother should abandon me. Oh, no. Somebody just got my inheritance. I don't know anybody. I ain't got any help. Don't worry about it. You would welcome and comfort me. Tell me what to do, Lord. Make it plain because I'm surrounded by weight enemies. <laughs> In other words, he's expecting to know, I need to know what I need to do next, not how to be holy. David already knew that. And we're going to blow it. We're going to make some mistakes. Not about how perfect we can be. He's saying, man, I'm surrounded by enemies. I need your help. Get me out of this mess. Don't let them get me, Lord. Don't let me fall into their hands. For, you, for they accuse me of things I never did. And all the while, they're plotting cruelty. See, he was under threat of assassination all the time. Nobody likes <clears throat> whatever. Oh, but anyway, he says, I'm expecting the Lord to rescue me again. That's what we should be looking at. I'm expecting, not well, if it be your will, you know. You can't always count on, God's not always going to do what you want to do. Oh, David seems to think he will. Heck yeah, he will. He's going to do it. I'm expecting, now look at this, I'm expecting the Lord to rescue me again so that once again I will see his goodness to me here in the land of the, in the, land of the living. In other words, to me, very selfish. Nothing wrong with being selfish about this. You need help. And he says, don't be impatient. Now he's not talking about, you know, Lord, you know, I just can't wait on you. No, he's talking about you running away from the Lord saying, well, he's not ever going to help me. Stand there and expect the Lord to be there. Watch this. Wait for the Lord. He will come and save you. Be brave, stout-hearted, and courageous. Yes, wait, and He will help you. Now, let's jump ahead just a moment here. And uh, I'm going to look at uh, a few folks over here in, uh, <clears throat> that uh, Jesus was faced with. Because a lot of times we think, well, this is, uh, He's not going to help me. I mean, the Lord's too busy and... And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. He won't do it. Well, look what the book says. And you would have found this out on your own. Look at this. This is uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Dishonest tax collectors, the IRS, 
Why, those cooks. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? I mean, they're not all sweethearts. And let's just skip the part about focusing on the tea party and stuff like that. Let's just talk about who's in charge of the money collection system in the United States. Might have been some of your friends at early ages, whatever. And if you're involved in there, they're holding the money. You can imagine. But Jesus mentions this. Dishonest tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus' sermons. What the heck for? Psalm 27. David didn't say, I'm writing this psalm for all the goody-two-shoes. You're not a goody-two-shoe. The Lord won't help you. Trust me, there's not any of us that are goody-two-shoes. But look at this. But this caused complaints from the Jewish religious leaders. Why, Jesus, how could you dare? Well, let's just read it. They were all ticked off in the experts of the Jewish law because he was associating with such despicable people. What were these people doing? They were asking the Lord to help them, get them out of trouble. All the time. All the time. I'll show you one of them. Well, before we go any further, Jesus used this illustration, and you've heard this a million times. If you had a hundred sheep and one of them strayed away and was lost in the wilderness, wouldn't you leave the 99 and go search for the one that was lost till you found it? Praise God. Jesus really does care about me. Yeah, he's after you. He's trying to help you. A lot of times we have it backwards. We're the, we're the one that's lost and the Lord says, well, I can do without you. He's going, on. nah, he can't do without you. He loves you. <clears throat> All right, uh, let, let me go over here to... Uh, <clears throat> the uh, uh, yeah, a little for instance here. Let's go to the ninth, ninth chapter. No, tenth chapter. Excuse me. Uh, no, it was nine. Excuse me. Actually, it was eight. Excuse me. So these notorious. Uh, uh, I mean, Luke. Excuse me. Um, he says Jesus was hanging out with these notorious sinners. Yeah. I'll show you one of them here in just a moment. This guy wasn't even a Jew. Uh, I'm in 10. Excuse me. Let me back up just a little bit. We'll do it this way. Toot, toot. Here we go. Eighth chapter. Well, lo notice this. We don't have any details about this guy. Large crowds followed Jesus. Now we know what these large, car or large crowds were, deprived, or, or were comprised of. <sighs> Look, a leper's approaching. That's somebody who has skin problems. I mean, it's bad stuff. My dog's got skin problems. So what do you think I do about my dog? You, man, between my house and here, I'm telling the Lord, Lord, hey, come on here. I do not listen to little things going, well, you know, the Lord's trying your patience with your dog. That's pretty expensive on my dog. You know what I mean? I need the money I got. And besides that, what about my little dog? Oh, yeah, well, it's okay. It's all right. Man, God's an animal lover too. Remember the ark? You know, praise the Lord. Anyway, look, a leper's approaching. He kneels before him. We're, sir, the leper pleads, if you want to, you can heal me. Well, now wait just a minute. I need to know a little background about you, boy. You ain't such a good Christian. That doesn't even come up. That's the reason crowds were following Jesus everywhere. He fed the 5,000, and that was just the count of the menfolk. <clears throat> then he did it again after that, fed the 4,000. Then he healed them all. Anyway, he touched the man. Look what he says. I want to. That's written in your Bible. If you're ever not feeling good, he tells you, I want to. And he didn't put any conditions with it. Go back to David just a moment. This is why your own personal reading of the Bible is so important. 
Let's go back to, is that the book of Psalms? Yeah, Psalms. There's only 150 of them. You'd, you would find this eventually on your own. But you can take a note this morning. Psalm 103, David wrote this. Look what he says. I will bless the holy name of God with all my heart. Now notice how selfish this is. He's talking about me. Yes, I will bless the Lord and not forget the glorious things he, he, oh, he meant to say he did for me. No, he does for me. He forgives all my sins. Look at that. He heals me. Let me show you a guy that changed his mind and said, well, I'm not going to ask for his help. And see if we can learn something from this. Well, you will. Uh, Second Chronicles, he happened to be a king. A stupid one. He started out good, but then he got stupid. Look at this guy. In the third, let's see, I'm in the, yeah, in the 36th year of King Asa's reign, ah, I don't know why they said 36 years, because these are fables. No, it's the Chronicles. They wrote this down. It's history. Anyway, uh, King Basha of Israel declared war on him. Now, remember, there was two kingdoms. There was, this was all, Ju it was Judah and Israel. Israel at this time was really, it's still all Israel. They're sons, of, but they, these clowns were fighting each other. Anyway, Jesus came from this group from, Jesus, from Judah. Asa's response was to take the silver and gold from the temple. Whoa, wait a minute. From God's house? From the palace and send it to this guy of Syria and tell him to back off. Let us renew the mutual security pact that was between your father and my father. And here, I'm going to give you some... In other words, he was not trusting the Lord. He's going to get in all kinds of trouble for it. Watch this. Here's the silver and the gold. Uh, oh, let's see. To induce you to break your alliance with King Basha of Israel so that he'll leave me alone. Anyway, Ben-Hadad, just King Ben, he agreed to help this King Asa's response, request, mobilized his armies to attack these other guys, Israel. You've got to understand, Israel was divided at this time. Okay? <clears throat> but anyway... They destroyed the cities of, okay, Gunnersville, Arab, whatever. All the supply centers next to Montgomery. Okay, as soon as King Basia of Israel heard what was happening, he discontinued building Arab, gave up his plans to attack Judah. Then King Asa and the people of Judah went out to Ramah and carried away the building stones that the timbers used at this place. About that time, here comes this prophet shows up. You know, this, this guy, like a preacher, he shows up to the king and he says, Hey, king. Because you've put your trust in the king of Syria instead of the Lord your God, uh, uh, the army of the king of Syria has escaped from you. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and the Libyans and their vast army with all their chariots and cavalrymen? Because you relied then on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. And here's that famous scripture, for the eyes of the Lord search back and forth across the whole earth, looking for people whose hearts are perfect toward him. In other words, looking for somebody to just say, Lord, get me out of trouble. He said so that he can show his great power in helping them. What a fool you've been. From now on, you're going to have wars. Now, what does king do wrong? He wasn't going to trust the Lord. He wasn't going to ask the Lord to help him. Asa got so angry, he took this preacher and threw him in jail. I'll tell you. He took this guy that was saying he threw him in jail. And then, a, boy, the king really became a loser. Now now he starts beating up his people in his own country. Asa also oppressed the people that were with him. And anyway, notice this. The rest of the biography of Asa was, in the, uh, was written in the annals of the kings of Israel and Judah. See, it's a combined kingdom. This is all Israel, but it's called Israel and Judah. What biography? These are just fables. They ain't fables. It's real. Now watch this. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa became serious diseased where? 
in his feet. Had foot problems. I mean, in America, there's probably not anybody you know doesn't have foot problems. Yeah, he's got to learn to live with it. You can't get nowhere. I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible getting old. You don't read that stuff in the scriptures. Look what you could do. But in this case, look what he didn't do. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa became so serious diseased in his feet, but he didn't go to the Lord with his problem. What a dummy. And we're dummies too if we don't ask the Lord for his help. Knows what happened. He just went to the doctor. Now somebody said, oh, you go to the doctor. No, you can go to the doctor and trust the Lord. That's not the problem. The problem was he didn't, like, he didn't trust the Lord concerning that battle that he was faced with. He just paid him off by saying, uh, what do we got in the Lord's temple over here? We got gold here. We'll just get rid of it. He, he just didn't believe that God was even there to help. And the prophet showed up and said, don't you remember? You had a vast army of the Libyans, the Ethiopians, were going to eat your lunch, and God stopped every one of them. Like David said, though a vast army march against me, I'm not going to fear. I am going to survive. God will help me. King Asa was like, so this guy dies of athlete's foot. But not you and me. We're not going to do that. The Lord will help us. So he died in the 41st year of his reign, was buried in his own vault, whatever. Okay, now, so let's go back here just a moment. So, this leper comes to Jesus in the 8th chapter, and he says, look, a leper is approaching. Okay. He says, if you want to, he says, oh, you can make me, you can heal me. Jesus touches the man and says, I want to, be healed. Remember, David wrote and says, he forgives me and he heals me. Two things that'll, that'll stop you right there. You can immediately start thinking, well, the Lord don't heal today. Or you can say, yeah, he'll heal everybody but me. And you should identify that as unbelief. Why is it that we don't wake up in the morning and go, you know what? He's going to heal me. No, we think he's going to heal somebody else, but not us. So you should smell a rat right there. Thinking, wait a minute, why am I thinking he won't help me? Because this guy got away with it. And notice Jesus didn't quit there. He goes on and he says, well, he goes on and tells this guy, don't stop talking to anyone. Go to the priest and be examined and, uh, for a public testimony. Anyway, when he gets to Capernaum, here's one of those despicable tax collector type guys. Except this guy is a despicable Roman captain from the army. He's not even a Jew. He pled with him to come to his home and heal his servant boy who was in bed paralyzed. Now, hold on. You're treating Jesus like Santa Claus. That's how you get away with stuff. The Lord will help you. If you'll just trust him, he'll help you. <clears throat> the officer said, sir, I'm not worthy that you should come to my home. Oh, yeah, he's starting to get the big picture. No, he had the right picture. And you can definitely say, the Lord, I, I don't deserve all this stuff, but I'm still going to get it. And that's what this guy said. He said, well, you know, if you want to. He just said, I'm not, I'm not worthy of this, but hey, listen, if you'll just say my servant boy is healed, he'll be all right. He goes into great detail. Look what he says. Sir, I'm not worthy that you should come into my home, and it isn't necessary for you to come. If you will only stand here and say, be healed, my servant will get well. Now, why did this guy get to thinking Jesus would help him? Well, he heard about him. That's the reason these vast crowds were showing up. That's the reason David wrote about him so much. He said, I know because I'm under authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers and I say, hey, buddy, go. And he goes. I say, no, hey, you come here and he comes. Do this or do that and he does it. And I know you have authority to tell his sickness to go and it'll go. Jesus stood there amazed and he was very mad this guy said that. No, he wasn't. He turned to the crowd and he said, I haven't seen faith like this in the whole nation of Israel. Hello, King Asa, you know. Now notice what he says he goes on to say. He says, and I tell you, 
that many Gentiles, and that meant people who aren't Jews, and that's us today, like this Roman officer, and we don't have any details about, I bet you he sinned a few times. Well, hello, we all have. We're all underneath Adam's sin anyway. It's the only way we got out was by Jesus. Anyway, <clears throat> they'll, all, they'll come from all over the world and sit down in the kingdom of heaven. See, we're going. We Relax. We are going to be in the kingdom of heaven someday. I mean, we're going to sit at the table with the Lord. We're, praise the Lord. Notice, I ain't but a few going to be there. In Huntsville, some of your friends or people you'll hear, you're scared out of your gourd. There ain't going to be but two people in heaven. And they won't be you and me. You know, they try to scare the daylights out of us. Jesus said many. Anyway, shall come from all over the world and sit down in the kingdom of heaven with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And many an Israelite for whom the kingdom was prepared shall be cast out into outer darkness in the place of weeping and torment. Now why? Well, because they, they didn't believe he'd help them. But anyway, back to the story here. He says, then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go home. What you have believed has happened. And the boy was healed at that time. Praise God. What's up with all that? Well, let me close with one other piece here. Another thing that David wrote. And uh, let's just see if uh, this is Psalm, uh, Psalm 72. Look at this. This is a daily prayer. This, matter of fact, I'm going to get to the punchline so you'll know it was a prayer. It's Psalm 72. Look at the end of it. He says here, this ends... Oh, let me switch this to the King James. Just a moment. Look at this. Uh, Psalm 72, look at this. It says, the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Wow. Well, what did he say? Well, he's, he's, pray, excuse me, he's praying for his, his son here, you can see. Uh, let me switch this to the, uh, to the Living Bible. Put it more in our vernacular here. Uh, oh, God, help the king to judge as you would. Ah, come on. Don't bother the Lord. He's too busy. You know, you know. David's praying for Solomon here. Help his son walk in godliness. That's the reason you know it's a prayer. Help my son walk in God. This is a great prayer for your kids. A great prayer for yourself too. Help him give justice to your people, even to the poor. May the mountains and hills flourish with, in prosperity because of his good reign. Well, you can't leave the money out of this. Separate money from God. Don't know. Put God and money all in the same boat. It's fantastic. And when you read your Bible, you're going to find out it's loaded with money and it's loaded for you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Because of his good reign. Help him to defend the poor and the needy and to crush their oppressors. May the poor and needy revere you constantly as long as the sun and moon continue in the skies. Yes, forever. He's praying for Solomon here. Notice what else he says here. May the rain of this son of mine be gentle as the fruitful as of uh, springtime rains and grass like flowers water the earth. Now this will work for your kids too. You've got a record of it. Pull it out and just say it. Lord, I'm going to use this for my kids. Okay. May all good men flourish in his reign, flourish in his reign, in abundance of peace to the end of time. Let his reign be from sea to sea, from uh, the Euphrates to the ends of the earth. Anyway, when you pick up with 1 Kings, David dies basically in the first chapter because his life story is in 1 and 2 Samuel. But 1 Kings starts basically with Solomon. And buddy, I tell you, that reign was endless. Wonder if it had anything to do with these silly prayers. It had everything to do with those prayers. David trusted the Lord. He asked the Lord for help all the time. And we do the same thing. And it works for us. Anyway, he says, it's going to be from here to there to whatever. The kings along the Mediterranean coast, the kings of Tarshish, the islands, and those from Sheba and Seba, all will bring their gifts. They did. Yes, the kings from everywhere, all will bow before him and serve him. David, you selfless little clown here. Don't you dare pray this way. That's the reason we're not getting nowhere. 
Most Americans would never pray this way. He will take care of the helpless. Well, we hope we got our fingers crossed. No, David's saying, Lord, he will take care of the helpless. The poor, when they cry to him, they have no one else to defend them. He feels pity for the weak. Remember how he took care? There was two women that came to him when Solomon first became king. Two women, one of them rolled over her baby in the night and died. And she switched it with the other woman. And, and when they woke up in the morning, this woman's baby was dead. And she looked him over and said, that's not my baby. And this other woman said, it is, this is mine. No, the other woman rolled over on hers and killed it. So it had to go all the way to court. And Solomon's standing there and these two women are fighting over this baby. And Saul, this is a famous story. When everybody started realizing he had the wisdom of the Lord. Solomon hears that story about these two women fighting. It's my baby, it's my baby, it's my baby. She rolled over on hers and it died. This one's mine. Saul says, hey, bring me a sword. They hand him a sword. David, not David, but Solomon held up that baby and was going to cut it. He said, I'm going to cut it in two and you can each have a, hair, have a piece. One woman screamed and said, no, let her have it. And Solomon said, it's your baby. And it was. And then word reached all over the world that he was, you know, that the Lord had given him, hint, the Lord had given him that wisdom. Now, how did Solomon get that wisdom? If you read 1 Kings chapter 3 and 4 and 5 are right in there, Solomon's like, oh my gosh, my dad's dead. What am I going to do? What does he do? I remember what my daddy used to do. Lord, help me. How in the world can I be a king? Help me. Give me wisdom. And God gave him wisdom. And then God turned around after the Lord spoke to him and says, you know, you could have asked for a long life and you could have asked for prosperity, but you asked for wisdom. But the Lord says, guess what? And the Lord, he, the Lord implied I'd have given you those things. But he says, but you didn't. So I gave you wisdom. But he says, also, I'm going to give you the money and the long life too. Praise the Lord. Now, why do we have those details? Because he'll do it for you. Don't let any bill you have or problem financially you're faced with right now shake you. Look at this. So anyway, he says, the Lord, he says, take care of, he'll take care of the helpless, the poor. They will be able to defend themselves, but he will. He'll feel pity for the weak and what are all this kind of wonderful stuff. See, David was a king. He knew what a job this was. He shall, look at that, verse 15. He shall live. Well, wait a minute. What if he gets the such and such disease? David would laugh at us if we thought, you know, well, he's going to come down with cancer. Uh-uh, look at this. He shall live. And to him will be given, there's your money, the gold of Sheba. Oh, it happened. You know, they had Solomon's reign was so full of gold and it was so full of silver, they piled silver up in the backyards of the city. It was worthless. They had so much gold. They had so much silver too. Anyway, look at this. There will be constant praise for him. See, it's not praise for Jesus. That happens at the end of this, of this psalm right here. This is These people, they thought... Solomon was wonderful. His people will bless him all day long. Bless us with abundant crops throughout the land, even the high plains. May there be fruits of Lebanon. May the cities be full of people as the grass are. Look at this. His name shall be honored forever. And that's Solomon. Who doesn't know the name of Solomon today? He said, who was Solomon? Wow, he was the richest king and he was the wisest one. Hello? Worked, didn't it? Now look at this. And he says, as long as the sun continues, all will bless him and nations will praise him. He's talking about Solomon. Then he switches and talks about the Lord. Blessed be Jehovah, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. So put your request out there. Man, this beats Santa Claus. This is fantastic. I mean, no matter what you're facing, the Lord will get you out of trouble. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. If we're not feeling good, you'll make us well. We've seen the stories. Praise the Lord. Lord, if we're, tr we're struggling financially, it's the same thing. You brought all this gold David was talking about from Sheba to help out uh, uh, his son, Solomon. 
And Lord, if it's not money, it's not uh, health or something, it's just some other problem. It's just bothering us today. Lord, you are so great. And just, David just wrote here, you only do wondrous things. There's nothing too hard for you. So get us out of whatever trouble we're faced with. And Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to act like David and tell other people what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, all right, amen. Praise God. Mm-mm.